0: This is Comic Shanigans, episode 416, a Flashback to Heroes Reborn, The Return. Welcome to the Comic Shenanigans Podcast. I'm your host, Adam Chapman, and this is episode 416. It's our flashback episode to Heroes Reborn, The Return. Uh, First, just uh, a little bit of housekeeping for this episode. So this episode uh, is coming up a little bit later than normal. Usually we like to come up Friday or Saturday, but uh, this past weekend, uh, for those following baseball, it was the American League uh, Championship Series started on Friday, uh, and my beloved Blue Jays were in the series, and actually then drove down to Cleveland on the Saturday. With my beautiful wife Kelly, and we watched the Blue Days, unfortunately lose two uh, one in that game, um, which was a real shame. And actually, as we record this, Game Three is is unfolding above me as I'm in my basement uh, recording this episode. Uh, but I want to make sure we got an episode out this week um, just to keep the numbering going because we're on pace, I think, for Episode four sorry five hundred to be uh, I think this around the same time or maybe even the same day as the uh, five year anniversary for the podcast next August. Yes, I'm getting way ahead of myself uh, and just like keeping it going. Um, I don't like to take weeks off if I can help it. So when I actually am unable to do episodes, I take, uh, take advantage of that time uh, we have some great stuff coming out in the next couple of months. We uh, we have a conversation with Dan Jurgens coming up soon. That'll be his second appearance on the show. I'm really excited to talk to him again. Uh, we have Fred Van Lente coming up uh, probably at the end of this week. It might even be episode 418. Uh, we've got an episode with Eric Larson coming out in a few weeks. Uh, sorry, maybe coming out in a month. We're talking to him in a few weeks. Um, we have a conversation with Mark Buckingham scheduled at some point in the next month and a bit. Uh, we have John Ostrander who's supposed to be on the show uh, in uh, within the next month or so so we have a lot of stuff uh, coming up that i'm really excited about we have uh, editor joe Illedge; um he's going to be uh, doing an interview at the end of november so there's a lot of exciting stuff coming up i'm also hoping that i'm going to have devin grayson back on the show at some point in the near future so uh, really excited about some of the exciting things we have coming up in the next few months of the show so i think you're really going to dig it so today I decided it had been a little bit, or a little while, I think, uh, since I had done a flashback episode. Uh, so with the flashback episodes, they're usually a little bit shorter, me um, just kind of talking about a certain comic or, or a subsection of some sort. Uh, usually with flashbacks, as opposed to comic talk spotlights, the flashbacks I like to do something where I have a little bit of a personal investment. It's not just, uh, you know, talking about an older comic or whatever the case might be. Um, it's looking at something that kind of matters more to me. Uh, so the last time we did one was about 30 episodes. Episodes go back in July, uh, that was our flashback to Mini Marvels. Uh, this time, we're talking about Heroes Reborn: The Return. So, in a previous episode, I had talked about Heroes Reborn in the past. Um, I, a lot of people feel a lot of different ways about Heroes Reborn. Uh, when Heroes Reborn started, I was like 13, 14 years old, and I liked it because I had never really experienced the, the traditional Marvel characters at that point. I mean, if you think about it, at that point, I was mainly in X-Books, and I'd started reading some of my friend's Spider-Man books, but that was about it. So I didn't really have a real appreciation or understanding for you know who the Avengers were, or who the Fantastic Four were. I'd read a couple of issues of Fantastic Four at that point. I don't think I'd ever really read an issue of Avengers, not that I maybe would have recognized them, considering that they looked very weird at that point. Um, so I I took to Heroes of born in a big way. I mean, I was a huge fan of the Iron Man. Uh, looking at it now, I'm like, hmm not the greatest armor and it's a lot of extra lines it doesn't always make sense it's not that sleek and some of the storytelling was a little hackneyed um but i still liked it at the time and i still enjoy that iron man run i think it it definitely holds together well as a you know, as a 12-issue as arc, and just don't talk about the 13th issue. Really, it's an 11-issue arc, and the 12th issue is uh, part of the, the four-way, weird time-travel story that eventually was uh, the Heroes Reborn universe taking on Galactus, which doesn't even make a lot of sense when you think about it. Um, so what is Heroes Reborn and the Return? Well, you had these 12 issues of Heroes Reborn, and then they just kind of ended. They ended with the entire, you know, kind of... Um, the, uh, huge crossovers. They all tried to stop Galactus from eating their world. They failed three times, and then they succeeded the fourth time. Uh, there was time travel involved, because you had uh, Doctor Doom traveling back in time each time trying to create a different outcome and finally succeeding. And then you had the 13th issue, which was a Wildstorm kind of crossover, which has never been reprinted anywhere. Uh, I believe it was written by James Robinson. And then it was over. And the heroes were still in another world. They had not yet returned. So they still had to come up with a, a story to uh, return them to the Marvel Universe proper. Uh, that's, what, that's where you get Heroes Are Born The Return. Um, I actually like this book. I think it, it had to do a lot of heavy lifting. It had to figure out a way to make a compelling story of where the characters were and how to bring them back into the mainstream Marvel Universe. And they had obviously kind of created an out or a, a way that they could do this, but it doesn't mean it was necessarily simple to do. Um... And so they they needed a creative team that could get this job done and If you look at i mean the creative team first of all you got Peter David and Salvador la Roca uh, this is still very young Salvador laroca, and I say. Like, relatively speaking. I mean, this was 20 years ago. This was in 1997. Um, so Peter David was the one who kind of got the task of restoring these characters. At this point, he'd been writing The Hulk, and now he was, you know, given this task of, of reintegrating these characters into the Marvel Universe. And in a future flashback episode... Um, I mean, at the way I'm going, probably in a few months, I'd like to talk about some of the Heroes Return books. Um, I think the ones that people usually talk about, or the one that people talk about uh, more than any, is Avengers. Uh, when Avengers came back, you had Kirk Busick and George Perez, which was like um, a match made in heaven. And you had a guy who uh, was just a phenomenal artist and had done Avengers before and had a very classic style, while also looking modern. And you had Kirk Busiek, a guy who just absolutely loved the material. I love the Avengers, and it showed with every issue he wrote. Um, I think that's probably the strongest of the the four core heroes return titles. There was a fifth that was added later. That was Thor, um, which definitely had its its. People love that run. Uh, Dan Dragons run on Thor lasted, I think, what seventy something issues. Like it lasted for five years. Uh, it was very solid. Added a lot of new things to the mythos, which unfortunately eventually kind of went by the wayside. Um, especially, I mean, I'm, to do a little bit of a digression on Thor. I mean, you had this amazing run by Dan Jurgens, which really pushed the envelope and and push the character in a new and exciting directions, which, to be honest, you weren't seeing a lot of at that point in time. You had him becoming King Thor, you had Loden dying, you had him moving Asgard above, you know, um, the Marvel Universe, uh, sorry, the Marvel Universe, above New York, which is uh, essentially the Marvel Universe. Um, and it's just a lot of really interesting stuff that you wouldn't that you wouldn't have expected a Thor book to do at that point in time. And then it really went down the rabbit hole of its own continuity, and then they had to kind of walk it back, so the Jurgens did that, and then you had uh, Oming uh, came in and did an absolutely brilliant Riding Rock storyline, which was very, very, very good. But then once it was over, the Thor mythos was kind of over, and then when it was restarted, it was definitely from the ground up, and now we're just getting... Further examinations and explorations, and I don't even know where it is now. Like I've been reading, I've been reading some of the Thor books, but you know I don't quite get everything that's gone on because just so much has happened. Um, and so you look at something like the way that the Thor books are written under Jurgens, and it almost seems quaint because um, everything seems simple and not nearly as. I make fun of Jurgens' run, really going down the rabbit hole with its own spiral storyline. But then you look at current storylines, you're like, no, this is a lot more down its own certain type of rabbit hole, going around and round. Um, but Yeah, I'd say Avengers was definitely the kind of the highlight. I I guess the, the most underappreciated would probably be uh, Fantastic 4. It had a bit of a rough run because you had Scott Lobdell and then you had Chris Claremont and it was it was a okay book, but I don't think anyone ever really loved it. Uh Captain America had some great stuff by Mark Wade. Um initially he had um uh, Ron Garney with him but then Ron Garney I think was only there six and a half issues or so So then you had Dale Eaglesham you eventually had Andy Kubert like you had a good creative team I would say that Iron Man for me was probably at the time was my favorite I've come to really love and appreciate that Avengers one as I mentioned and I think universally that's the one that people would point to um, although on my bookshelf I have the Iron Man by Kirby Sick omnibus I do not have the Avengers one although really it's because I'd already bought the four you know larger uh, complete collections and then by the time they decided, or sorry, five, and by the time they decided, oh, we're going to do two on the buy, I was like, ugh, I already bottled this material twice. Although the on the buy does have Avengers Forever, which is pretty awesome uh, and very cool that it's in there. Although I do have the, I was able to pick up the Avengers Forever hardcover, and it is absolutely gorgeous. Anyways, here's Are Born, The Return. So I was, you know, 13, 14 years old when this first came out. um because I turned, like, I guess this came out in late 97, so I was just just, just turning 14. Um, so this was, for me, very exciting, because I'd read Iron Man and the Heroes Reborn Universe. Board um, Universe. I hadn't really read the others yet. I'd read, I think, one issue of Avengers, maybe two, and maybe one or two issues of Fantastic Four. Uh, so this was really exciting to me, The artwork by uh, LaRocca is fantastic. And like right from the beginning, like you really kind of jump into it that Franklin's dealing with something crazy. You have this, this basically this, this uh, personification of uh, a celestial is kind of telling him that he has to make a decision that something big is happening. Uh, While in the mainstream Marvel Universe, it's been, I believe, a year since uh, the death of all the heroes, and this is back when Marvel time used to progress more. Hulk at this point is really, you know, really kind of going crazy at the Thunderbolts, the kind of the new heroes du jour. Um, there's the, definitely the the concept here that you know the Celestials are making a decree that that you know Franklin has to make a decision. and there's two Hulks. You have um, Bruce Banner got split off from the Hulk in Onslaught X, uh, sorry Onslaught Marvel Universe. Bruce Banner jumped into. The pocket universe that Franklin was in the middle of creating without realizing it, and then you had the regular Hulk, kind of, and it end up going kind of nuts. Uh, so now you have two personifications of the Hulks, and this cannot stand, and this can't stand in the universe. So you have Franklin realizing that he's created this other pocket universe, slowly understanding this, and he eventually actually ends up in the pocket universe, and you know shows up and tells his parents like, you know. You gotta tell me which one I gotta destroy. Which universe I have to destroy. I will remember that there was two covers to each issue. Uh, I don't even know which one is technically the alternate. Um, I know for now. I I should say as I'm discussing this, I'm I'm actually looking at the Heroes of War and the Return trade paperback, and it's interesting in this book, most of it is. Not even the actual heroes were in the return I mean that 's obviously part of it, but that 's not the only one uh, The first issue there's two covers um, I had the the prime or the, the i guess the the regular cover i 'm um, not a huge fan of the variant. Uh, which definitely looks a lot more menacing. Um, but I think the artwork is a lot more interesting on the, uh, the Return Number 1 regular cover. Uh, issue Number 2, it looks like I have the variant according to uh, this trade paperback, uh, which has uh, Hulk and Spider-Man on it as they're kind of being... Um, they're around, right around the Thunderbolts, whereas the regular cover has Thor and the uh, Heroes Are Born version of the Hulk kind of throwing down. Uh, what I like about this type of stuff is when you look back, seeing where the Marvel Universe was you know, almost 20 years ago, when you have a very old school version, not old school, you have a, a modern look of Doctor Strange that I always kind of liked where he wasn't wearing his classic uniform anymore. There wasn't any blue. It was really just red. Um, it picks up where the first issue was with, you know, the idea that Franklin's trying to convince his parents, and his parents are like, "Oh my God, like we have a kid!" Like it's kind of, you know, really tugs on the heartstrings for these characters that something is wrong, and they're they're trying to they're starting to discover this. Uh, the Hulk is attacked by sorry the six one six Hulk is attacked by the military, and then also by the. Uh, this is what I love about comics, like. You have the thunderbolts at the time who were not yet revealed to be villains at least to the public at large. You have uh, Hank Pym as well as Hercules. Hercules in his super 90s costume with uh, still the bare chest but with weird like metal boots and like a red outfit with a nice big open chest still and having the like, tiara and weird like um Almost like tiaras for his biceps. Like, I don't understand what he's wearing here. Very strange. Um, you know, and they're kind of confronting the Hulk. Um, and then at the same time, you have the Thing and Thor fighting the Hulk on the other universe. Um, Doctor Strange is trying to figure out what's going on, as well as Franklin, who's dealing with the Celestial, who keeps telling him he has to choose. Um, it's really interesting to see how the Celestial's kind of deal with Franklin having as much power as he has. Um... And then Reed is now trying to figure out what's going on, and they're starting to realize, well, maybe their universe isn't as old as they thought it was. Maybe something is wrong. Maybe they haven't been around as as long as they thought. Um, In the 616 universe, there's torrential rain downpour, which kind of reminds me of Crisis kind of style, where one universe here is is, um, engulfed in water and the other is kind of more in flames. Uh, The Hulk fighting against Hercules and the the Thunderbolts. Uh, And then Hercules, sorry, not Hercules, Spider-Man and the Hulk... Uh, get drawn into the pocket universe that uh, Franklin has created, and then you suddenly have the Hulks confronting each other on the Heroes of universe, and Spider-Man's kind of stuck in the middle and be like, I don't want to be here. Then we have the third issue, of which I have the regular cover, which was um, kind of Doctor Doom, Spider-Man, Thing, Captain America, Human Torch, uh, Hulk, and Iron Man. And then you have the variant, which is... Basically, a shot from the actual story where you have uh, Mr. Fantastic Invisible Woman watching Iron Man uh, go into, um, I guess, the negative zone, really. But basically, they're just trying to figure out the dating of their universe and realizing it's only been around for two years. Um, Meanwhile, you have the two Hulks throwing down, and that's not a good place that Spider-Man wants to be. Uh, After the Hulks kind of fall off a bridge, Spider-Man gets confronted by the Avengers, and uh, as you can imagine, he was quite shocked to see everyone kind of confronting him, because he's like, you're all alive, because he thinks that they're dead. Um, and this is where things kind of end up going a little bit crazy, whereas you have all the heroes kind of coming together. You have, you know, Doctor Doom, uh, Falcon, um, everyone's kind of realizing that something's going on, you have this Lester showing up. Uh, the, f- the issues become much more fast-paced here. Fourth issue. The fourth issue, I have the variant myself, which is an awesome Salvador Roca cover. Uh, whereas the regular cover is, looks a little rushed, to be honest. And then the fourth issue is really just about the fact that the Celestials are coming. Um, they have to figure out a way to get all the heroes off of the main universe. Sorry, of the Heroes of Born universe, I should say. Uh, get them all onto um, basically Doctor Doom's life raft. Uh, leave their, their world behind, which will have ramifications later on, the idea that all the heroes abandon this world, uh, even though, as far as they're concerned, it's just a construct, uh, in trying to take off and go between two universes. Um, but... Nothing is ever that simple. Doctor Doom decides he's going to absorb Franklin's powers. This is actually a big deal, because as the Celestials are starting to make their judgment on these two universes, the pocket universe and the regular universe, you have Doctor Doom trying to steal Franklin Richard's power, Um, and then Thor is the one who's kind of able to take Doctor Doom out and then they end up kind of disappearing into the bleed between worlds, and we don't see them for a while. And this is kind of why Thor's book ends up getting delayed, um, because at first it's, Thor did not make it home, uh, or at least didn't make it home as quickly as everyone else. Same thing with Doctor Doom, we didn't see him for a while. Uh, this, there's a shot in this fourth issue that I've always enjoyed, is that as you have you know, this kind of dimensional barrier, these characters who don't remember anything about who they were, because uh, they were, you know, reborn in the Heroes Born universe. They pass through, and there's this great shot for this one page of four panels, and you have one of Sue. St- and I'll actually, I'll quickly read the narration, because I always thought it was nice. Um, and Sue sees a life of wedded bliss of her child, and she is content. And Bruce, Bruce Banner, sees a life of wedded discord, of an abusive father, of a young man once carefree, now crippled, which is a, a comment on Rick Jones at the time, and he is stunned. Tony... Tony Stark, and Tony sees a life of weakness, of juvenile behavior and dependency, and he is angry. And Steve, Steve Rogers, sees a life of battle, of dedication, of service to a cause, and he is unchanged. The last time the FF approached this the border, they saw visions of their past lives. This time all aboard experienced that disorientation, that place between wakefulness and dreams. And then all that they were and are and will be, shatters. And they remember everything. It's actually a nice little piece of writing by um, Peter David. And as this happens, the the craft kind of blows up. All the characters kind of get thrown out. You have Sue protecting her family. Everyone's kind of shunted forward. And you have the two Hulks slammed together. And, um, or I should say, Bruce Banner and the Hulk. And they're merged once more. And then uh, Ashima, the the sleeping celestial, ends up sleeping. Um, And within her is the pocket universe, so it does survive and then the characters that we know of as the Heroes Reborn characters are now returned to the Marvel Universe, and then once the Heroes Return book started, they all kind of started out in different places. Some characters had more of a recollection of their prior lives, some had none, um, to varying degrees, which was never well explained, but kind of interesting way of kind of letting them move forward. Um, this obviously was not the last we would see of the Heroes Reborn universe, um, because eventually when we'd see the return of Doom, we would see what happened to him and what happened to the the heroes of born universe all at once um so they they were not done with that universe whatsoever but for the moment they were at least in terms of bringing these characters back um i've always enjoyed this story it's as i said it's in this heroes of born the return trade paperback which i've always enjoyed that main story uh the rest of it is a little long uh it's a lot of extra stuff that's not as important um it it's interesting but it's not nearly uh, as important to the main thrust of the storyline. To me as a kid, this definitely set up the stage for Heroes Return. I was like, oh, I'm buying Iron Man. I'll, I'll buy this Heroes Born the Return. I really love the artwork. Very vi- uh, vital, b- vibrant, great artwork by uh, Salvador La Roca. I really like Peter David's script. And then you launched in the Heroes Return, which I do hope to talk about at some point. Um... 'Cause it's I mean, man, I wish I could get Kirby come on the show. Unfortunately he said he doesn't really do podcasts, which is unfortunate because um I am such a huge fan of his work and I feel like I could just talk to him for hours and just ask him questions like Thunderbolts and Avengers and everything, like Marvels. Like I just I don't even know where I'd begin, but I also don't know where I'd stop. Like I just think I'd keep going forever. Um and also again to talk to him about, you know, his run in Iron Man, which I that was hugely influential to me because at the time I was fourteen years old. I didn't have a lot of money to spend on comics, so I was buying Iron Man. That was my comic. That was, for a long time, he was one of my favorite heroes. It's funny, now that he's kind of a, more of the flagship character, I don't like him as much anymore. I find they've changed the character because he's become the Robert Downey Jr. version of the character and not the character he was before. Um, he's still enjoyable. He's just not the character I originally fell in love with. You read you know, a lot of the more seminal Iron Man stories It does not in any way feel like the character we have these days. Um, Obviously things change, and obviously it makes sense, because the Robert Downey Jr. version of the character has become so uh, important to Marvel and Marvel Studios, and has become very iconic. We're never going to go back to the old Tony Stark, which is fine, um, but it's not quite the Tony Stark I originally fell in love with. I still like this Tony Stark, but I fell in love with a different version of the character, and I can still read this character and enjoy it, I just, I know that he's not quite the character I fell in love with. And this happens with a lot of characters. Like, it's not unheard of, but this character in particular, because of how important that character has become to the Marvel Universe and the Marvel Studios and and Marvel Media, um, we're never getting back the version we used to have. Anyways, that's our walk through memory lane today for our flashback to Heroes Reborn The Return. Thank you for joining me. You can email us at comicshenanigans at gmail.com, like this show on Facebook, rate and review us on iTunes, subscribe to us on iTunes, and you'll also listen to us on Stitcher. We actually recently did have a new comment on our um, U.S. iTunes page, um, which I'll read uh, aloud on a future episode. Um, actually, that the person who wrote it had previously requested an episode back when we did our Marvel Masterworks focus where I had John Rhett Thomas on the show. Well, hopefully he's going to be on the show again soon um, as we're going to try and get together to talk about the Marvel Epic Collections. Um, I briefly had an episode, I think like Uh, 150 episodes or so ago, uh, a year and a half ago, I did have an episode where I started to talk about it. And at the time, I think I lost half the episode and I was like, well, I'll go back to it and I'll finish it at some point. I never really had the chance to or remember to, a combination thereof. Um, So when I have John Brett Thomas on the show, um, he's really big into collected editions and I think he'll have a lot of good insights. And we'll, 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 we'll chat about what the Epic Collection is and kind of bring an update on well, it's really expanded since I first talked about it a year and a half ago, um, and to its detriment in some ways, um, only because uh, I feel like some of the releases get farther and farther apart from each other, um, whereas before the release window was a little bit more set, now they have so many different lines running that it feels like some of the lines are getting uh, kind of postponed or you're not getting as many volumes. Uh, some volumes you're getting so many, but I feel like it's almost too fast, like... Uh, and this is something I'll talk about later but there's like five volumes of Amazing Spider-Man and there's already four of Daredevil which started you know for a bit later um, although it's interesting if you look at it the typeface I believe is a little well, I guess it is the same on all of them they look gorgeous I do love them uh, and there's actually new uh, volumes of Daredevil and Spider-Man coming up soon so there's still going to be You know, Spider-Man still has one more than Daredevil, but not by much. Anyways, thank you for joining me for this episode. We'll catch you next time, and hopefully our next episode will be our conversation with Fred Benlente. You've been great, and this has been Comic Shenanigans. Bye-bye.